welcome to Lights in the Sky podcast episode 19. Casual chat about uncasual things. I'm Luke. Tony. Yes? Is in attendance. <laughs> um, I thought um, what we should do, again, I've, I've somehow sound like I've got a blocked nose. Like, this is ridiculous. Every other week I feel like I've got a cold coming on. But um, bear with me. Um, oh, I'm, I sorry. Thought... I'm sorry you've got the sniffles. <laughs> I'll cope. I thought I'd um, hit an agenda. Hit an agenda, not a hidden agenda. A hidden agenda. <laughs> I have a is, visual... there a... is there a movie called Hidden Agenda? IMDb. It would make... <laughs> that sounds like a sort of good movie from like the 1990s. Like a good action movie from the 1990s. Like Hidden Agenda. Ladies and gentlemen, our first digression of the show. <laughs> it does. Like Face Off. Hidden Agenda. Hidden um, Agenda. Well, there's plenty. It's a great name for a movie, I've got to say. Yeah. There's a 2002, 2015, 1999, 2001, a video game from 2017, and there's a 1990 okay, movie so as I, well. Okay, so if I was to all of a sudden be the purveyor of a movie called Hidden <laughs> Agenda, I'd be sued for copyright infringement. There's also a short film in 2011 <clears throat> and another one in 2013. Okay, don't wrap it in. <laughs> Let's move on. And then Anarchy USA had a episode called Hidden Agenda. Do you remember that time with um, the band I came up with that I thought was quite cool, um, Control-Alt-Delete? Oh, the band I came up with that hey. I thought was quite cool. <laughs> and then found out there was already a band called Control-Alt-Delete. <laughs> yeah. We thought it would be hilarious. Yeah. Like, I thought it would be a great name, Control-Alt-Delete. <laughs> yeah. It would be a fantastic band name. Yeah. We but came up with an um, album cover and a, did. <laughs> and a track as well. <laughs> yeah, the, the first track on the album was called Electric Foreplay. <laughs> <laughs> yep. We can put that at the end. <laughs> Again, yeah. I think the album for cover was quite good. Because remember we found like there was like an image of like a, a keypad that was just a control and alt and a delete. Yeah, yeah. So probably couldn't put that up because I don't know if it cleared copyright. No, but we could we could go out on this episode with uh, the control alt hits control alt deletes hit single electric full blade. As long as it's somewhere, I don't know if I have I've it. got it. I've got it on that Hamner DVD. <laughs> good. <laughs> we could, we could, we we'll could see if we can dig it up. Yeah, because I cut that DVD on my iMac, which I still have. That's so right. And we made it, there's even a video clip for Electric Full Play. <laughs> Control Delete. Yeah, Electric Full Play. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, so back to the agenda. <laughs> what <are we laughs> Item doing? one: what are Talk about Electric Full Play. <laughs> Check. <laughs> I don't think there's a song called Electric Full Play. <laughs> I'm not searching. <laughs> um, so yeah, on the show we normally have three. Um, sections firstly i'll start off by giving tony a hypothetical um then tony will regale us with a paranormal cryptic or strange story and then we'll end on the segment we call get me some strange oh my, okay there's a fucking band called electric foreplay <laughs> <laughs> we are a three-piece rock band specializing in the best of 80s metal it's oh. high energy and like no other band in the area. <laughs> in the area. It's like the most beautiful girl in the room. Yeah. And there's a song called Electric Foreplay by Genevieve Pasqua. That's outrageous. I can't believe it. All my ideas have already been stolen. <laughs> An idea that specific. <laughs> um, and I won't tell you what's on the image search for Electric Foreplay. <laughs> right. it's, it's half rock band and half like wires attached to Jenny's. Jeez. <laughs> Um, Yeek. Uh, 
so that actually probably tangents quite nicely into a hypothetical. <laughs> uh, but just before we jump in there, I was also going to say we now have things to give away to anyone who listens. So um, anywhere in the world, we will post you some things. And all you have to do is um, tweet us or write in your own story or hypothetical um, and submit it to us on Twitter or Instagram at LITS underscore podcast or on our website under the Submit Your Story page, mm. lightsinthesky.podcast.com. Hashtag potty hall. <laughs> Do you think? Moving along. Um, all right, let's jump into a hypothetical. Okay. Ties in nicely with your um, electrical things on gens in a way, really. <laughs> but, yeah, we'll see. It's kind of inspired by a Rick and Morty episode. Oh, so I've watched. How three. are you finding? How are you three, finding yeah. Rick and Morty? Because you've just dabbled in. Yeah, so I've watched three. It's good. I like it. <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, keep going. Um, I watched. I watched one last night actually. Did you? Yeah. Good. Oh, I can hear traffic. Uh, it's airplane. Been a through twenty. Air traffic. So here's the hypothetical. Escarabus through twenty. You are abducted by aliens. They sit you down and explain to you that the universe is teeming with life. Okay. Lots of species, variations of aliens, all sharing the universe and living together in harmony. There's no conflict. Literally billions of beings have cracked the code and figured no out how conflict? To... You know how like, I'm much I like hating things <laughs> and people. Oh, that reminds me. <clears throat> we'll come back to that. Okay. Literally billions of beings have cracked the code and figured out how to exist with uh, one another without any form of conflict or unhappiness. They explain to you that it never used to be this way, and previously there were wars, there were classes in society, and conflict just like there is on Earth, until one being managed to sort it out and come up with a resolution that was embraced by all, and the universe became a perfect ecosystem. However, the ecosystem is dependent on this being's presence. Right? Presence, as in gifts, or presence as in, in being there? Being there. Okay. They explain to you that the being who set it all up is currently in a hospital. An alien hospital. Ah. Okay. The being is in need of an operation that, oh. if successful, will survive for many more thousands of years. Many millennia more. <clears throat> the only thing they need to make the operation a surefire okay. so success... This is, this is where I'm going to be... <laughs> okay. The only thing been me over here, aren't you? The only thing they need to make the operation a surefire success is your gentleman's area. <gasps> <laughs> You'll be returned to Earth looking like a Ken doll down there, and nobody you Smooth? try to nobody you try to explain this to will believe you. What do you do? Discuss. I'll be smooth. You'll be smooth. How, how do I? Um, we Irrelevant. Be... Irrelevant. No, I still need to know how we weed. Do it all just talk about my body? <laughs> Can we not talk like a, a preschooler? <laughs> what are you up to? Um, yes. So I have to sit down the whole time. Yes, you now have to sit down to pee. And you have what nothing down there. What benefit does this um, peaceful universe have for me, though? This is kind of it. This is it. What's Do you want to keep your, keep your junk... Or make literally billions of others happy. <laughs> and you have to choose. <laughs> I, keep, I, I keep, you know, a small pool of people happy with my junk. <laughs> Myself included. Right. Um, 
The thing I've always wondered about this, if you lost the junkie... You've always wondered about... Okay. Like, you know, if you haven't done something with it for a while, oh, like, no. you know, you get kind of urges and you kind of get frustrated and angry. Like, think of the contest episode of Seinfeld. <laughs> you say angry? Yeah. No, I'm thinking, think of the contest episode of Seinfeld. Where yeah, they, with uh, a like, master of their own domain. Yeah, and they... You know, they they just um, they're at each other's throats the whole time, and they're short tempered and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah, just like, wired. Yeah, yeah. If I mean, would that be a problem? Like, do you think I would? Pretend, I mean, that would be my. It's my interest. I might. Would I then be like unbearable to be around? Because no, because um, your hormones would have changed, so you no longer need that. I like a monk. Yeah. Well, if that's the same thing. <laughs> I don't know if that's the same thing, but but yeah, you no longer need that, so you're not going to be wired. You're just going to not really desire anything. Is it the test of clay that makes you wired? Ho- I don't know. Like, I'm that, just saying that that's the, producing the, the the hormone. Well, as part of this hypothetical, let's say that's the case. Don't Google it. You're googling it. Aren't you? <laughs> Why would you Google it? It's so irrelevant. I'm um, just just to see what happens if I like. Um, uh, okay. What did you type into the search engine? Castration. <laughs> and what happened? And <laughs> what did we learn? There's lots of pictures, and I decided I don't want to look at the pictures. <laughs> yeah. I thought that might be the case. Okay. So, so is it just my testicles I'm giving up, or everything? No, everything. You like? Oh, ken- that's right. Like like that's right. Because I got to, I got to, I got to go pee at my body. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yes. Um, I'd like them to present a compelling business case for yep. why they needed this. Surely the compelling business case is centered around billions of species I'll be like, of alien. You're having a laugh. <laughs> <laughs> what would you what would they need to do to convince you? Oh, um I'd probably think they're having a laugh to start <laughs> yeah, off with. Obviously. <laughs> but then it became quite clear they weren't having a laugh. I'd need to meet some maybe some senior political figures. These are the senior political figures. <laughs> political figures? Yeah, political figures. <laughs> okay, more senior than them. Um, and I'd like to understand, why does it have to be me? Um, blood type, size, weight. Girth is just perfect, and there's no one else on earth with your one. No one else with my girth? <laughs> with your exact credentials. <laughs> and they're perfect for making this it other... Was, it was essentially <clears throat> the result of the last, what, how many thousand years of um, genetic mutations that led to your perfect junk. <laughs> <laughs> so I would come back to Earth and be smooth. <laughs> And how would I explain that to doctors and well, this is the medical thing. professionals? And that's that's kind of not their problem. The hypothetical like, states, and I quote: "Nobody you try to explain this to will believe you." I know they don't believe you, but they'd be like, they'd be, "But surely I could show a doctor." We'd be like, "Look what happened to me," and they'd be like, "What? How?" No, he'll just. I mean, there's not, nothing to fix. I know there's nothing to fix, but surely they'd be you know, they'd be like, okay, well this is unusual. Well, maybe we they write, see this what? every day. Well, maybe they write a book about you, <laughs> publish you as an anomaly for being smooth all over. But they would know from my track record that I had bits and pieces originally. Okay. So, so they'd that, be like, what happened? And then what do you say? 
I'd be like, I was abducted by aliens and they took my bits and made me smooth. <laughs> and then they say, I don't believe you. Because <laughs> as the hypothetical states, nobody will believe you. I'd be like, well, fine, don't believe me, but like, how do you think this happened? <laughs> and they say, I don't know, I'm going to write a book about it and publish it for the world to see. Yeah, the boy with the smooth bits. <laughs> yeah, the boy, question mark, with the smooth bits. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's a fair point. <laughs> um, what I still have... The hairy pupils. <laughs> sure. Oh, really? Yeah. You, yeah, you've still got all the negatives. Put it that way. You still have to do all of your manscaping. Well, why would I manscape? You manscape to make it look more prominent. Is, you don't need to do that anymore. Is it still called manscaping, even? Just landscaping? <laughs> I guess it's... Yeah, it's... Shaving at that point. Um, I think... I personally, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. That, that says a lot about you. Yeah. I just, it would just, it would, it would be, I just think it's, I would say to them, I think there's other ways you can make this happen. <laughs> I'd like you to pursue other avenues for peace rather, than having, say, rather than having my peace. What if they prepared a PowerPoint with like all of the no, ways that had gone no, wrong? no. To be honest, what I would say is if, if you want it, you can kill me and you can take them. <laughs> right. Um, and What if, if they just didn't? Kill me. Yeah, they just didn't kill you. They did it anyway and dropped you back off. <laughs> like, just to be real dicks. Oh, they're cheeky sea bombs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, right. I personally just think that I'd say, put another way, please. <laughs> I'd be like, you've probably taken the easiest way out, which is coming to me and getting my bits. <laughs> think about harder... And go back to the drawing board, please. Yeah, like the way that they um, brought the people back from Apollo 13. Exactly. <laughs> they had to get all the little things, like, put the scientists in the room with all the equipment, the socks and the tissue if boxes. I, if I think about it, socks and tissue boxes, what are, you, what are you talking about? <laughs> I just remember they made like a, was it a tissue box? Like they made the, the air cleaner and the vent. Oh, okay. I thought you meant something with else. With a hose, <laughs> but funny that I you we went there hoses socks and tissue boxes or something else to me um well, at least it is still at the moment um i'd be like if because i'm thinking if it was me when i when i look at trying to problem solve i always try to find the easiest solution first of all i'm like eh. and you think their easiest solution was to abduct, abduct you and, and convince me. you yeah prepare a powerpoint i'd be like, like actually you put very little time on this powerpoint it's very low quality um, that slide is a replication of the slide that I've just seen. Like There's a just, typo. There is. There's, There's a, a typo. typo and the font's this. wrong. Yeah. And the formatting's all off. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks squished. Yeah. And that video, it's embedded, doesn't play. It never <laughs> fucking plays. Why do you put them in? It never works. And when, even when it does work, there's no sound. So find another solution. You just get that, like, the <clears throat> when you turn up the volume on a Mac, where it's like, yeah. click, 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 yeah. click. No, it's not doing it. But anyway... <laughs> <laughs> whether you can see that they've turned it up full volume and no yeah. one can no one can hear it <laughs> they just keep pressing anyway okay well sorry literally billions of beings all throughout the universe too bad tony likes peeing standing up i do <laughs> peeing outside <laughs> good. all right let's move on have you got a um story for us <laughs> no i forgot to do it all right <laughs> okay so that's the well, the that'll be us toodaloo <laughs> My line. Etc. Squeaky chair. Alright. <clears throat> Take a sip of your beer mm-hmm. and regale me with a story. <clears throat> so this is going to be a very um, phallic episode. Oh I no. Think. 
Is our episode title going to revolve around junk? Might be. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, what's happened to someone else's junk? Then? Okay. So Just apologies to new listeners straight off the bat. It's not normally this crass. I don't know why this Tony's... This is very crass. I don't know why Tony's immediately brought the tone um, down. To be honest, you're the one who's up with a phallic... Ah, uh, hang on. Who Googled electric foreplay? That's not a calic. <laughs> Who talked about what came up? That was just a segue into mine. Oh, another fact um, I learned today is that in Māori, which is the native tongue of our tangata whenua. That's also a Māori word, which of, they wouldn't have of heard. Of our local iwi and their hapu. Just <laughs> <laughs> things. The native peoples of this land. Their, in their language, the word for France is wee wee. And I found that quite funny. And again, I've gone phallic again with wee wee. <laughs> God damn. It's 2 1. I've only done one. You've done two now. Oh, then make it 3 1. Right. Hit me. Not with that. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. And normally we do that afterwards. Just read. What? Naming, Just read. We're talking about naming, naming podcasts. We normally name the podcast afterwards. I'll start telling people to turn it off. If you don't read. <laughs> so. I've turned them on, you'll turn them off. Okay, here we go. So, an extraordinary event in 1967 would oh, practically... it'd be better if it was 1969. ...would practically put the small fishing village of Shag Harbour... <laughs> ...on the map. <laughs> yep. Where is this? What map? Uh, Canada. The world map? Oh, Canada. Keep going. Um, so, okay. So, I've said an extraordinary event in 1967 would practically put the small fishing, fishing, fishing village of Shag Harbour on the map. What do you think the genre is this time? Sea serpent. Sea serpent. The tiny fishing village has always had its stories. Stories of giant sea serpents, man-eating squid, and ghost ships. The list of local colour would see one more addition. A story of a visit of a mysterious flying craft of unknown origin. Captained by a sea serpent. (laughs) This craft would visit the waters of Shag Harbour, permanently stamping the village's name in the public eye. And earning the title of Canada's Roswell. Mm-hmm. As so, in like a tween TV show? Uh, yes. Cool. So I think we've we've probably spoken about Roswell Roswell a few times on this. So not 19, really, to be honest. We've probably we haven't mentioned it as a tale because I'd love to do it, but man, I think we have to donate a couple of episodes to this. Donate? Dedicate? No, you don't. Shallow dive. Shallow dive. <laughs> uh, Roswell, 1947, July. No, 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 no. Save that for the next episode. UFO, crashed, New Mexico. Everyone knows that much. Um, maybe bodies, maybe not. Maybe it was a weather balloon, Project <coughs> Mogul. Maybe it wasn't. Etc. Jesse Marcel Jr. And <laughs> that's that. Okay. The first indication of this mysterious occurrence came from local residents who noticed, this is we're back to, Shaggy, um, who noticed strange orange lights in the sky on the night of October 4, 1967. Most witnesses agree that there were four orange lights that evening. At least 11 people saw a low-flying, brightly lit object head towards the harbour 
and multiple witnesses reported hearing a whistling sound, like a bomb, then a whoosh, and finally a loud bang. Bang? Bang. Gang bang. (laughs) (laughs) Just really idiot. The initial report was made by local resident Laurie Wickens and four of his friends. Driving through Sharg Harbour, they spotted a large object descending into the sea. Wickens and co. watched these lights flash in sequence and then suddenly dive in a 45 degree angle towards the water's surface. Upon so there was a large object in Shag Harbour. <laughs> Upon impact into Shag Harbour, there was a bright flash, an, explo- flash? an explosive roar. Attaining a better vantage point, Wickens and his friends were surprised that the lights had not instantly disappeared beneath the waves, but seemed to float on the water, 820 feet to 980 feet, so 250 to 300 metres, offshore. Is this turning? Is this going the route of a USO? Let's see. Ooh, Let's see. Ooh, smarty pants. <laughs> Wickens contacted the RCMP, which stands for... RC, RC Member MP. of Parliament. Yeah. What does RCMP stand for? Royal Canadian Mounted Canadian Mounted Police. Uh, close. Mounty it's not Royal Police. Canadian Mounted Canadian Police. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Royal Canadian Mounted Police Detachment in Barrington Passage, uh, and reported he had seen a small airliner crash into the waters of Shag Harbour. So we've got shags, we've got passages, we've got all sorts of um, moisture. Yeah. Coincidentally, RCMP Constable Ron Pound had already already witnessed the strange lights himself (laughs) as he drove down Highway 3 en route to Shag Harbour. On what? (laughs) I changed a few of these words and um, obviously the names of the places are the same, but some of the terms I may have um, edited. You exaggerated some of these terms. Pound felt that he was seeing four lights, all attached to one massive craft. He estimated the craft to be 60 feet long. But was known to exaggerate. Yeah. (laughs) 18 metres, by the way. Um, Constable Pound made his way to the shore to get a closer look at the phenomenal sight. He was accompanied by Police Corporal Victor Werbecki, Constable Ron O'Brien and other local residents. Pound clearly saw a yellow light slowly moving on the water, leaving a yellowish foam in its wake. All eyes were glued on the light as it slowly moved too distant to be seen clearly or dipped into the icy waters of the bay. Mm. Uh, Coast Coast Guard Cutter number 101 and other local boats rushed to the spot of the sighting. But by the time they arrived, the light itself was gone. However, the crewmen, or seamen, as I believe they like to be called, could still see... As you choose to call them. ...could still see the yellow, sulfurous-smelling foam, which continued to well to the surface from the point where the UFO went down, and a slick had developed, indicating something had possibly submerged. Nothing else could be found that night, and the search was called off at 3am. The RCMP ran a check with the Rescue Coordination Centre in Halifax, in Hull, Halifax, Nova Scotia, yeah, and, and the NORAD, North American Air Defence Command, radar station at Barcaro, Nova Scotia. 
They were told that there were no missing aircraft that evening, either civilian or military. The following day, the Rescue Coordination Centre filed a report with Canadian Forces Headquarters in Ottawa. This report stated that something had hit the water in Shag Harbour, but the object was of unknown origin. Maritime Command was asked to conduct an underwater search ASAP for the object responsible for the concern in Shag Harbour. Seven Navy divers from the ship HMCS Granbury searched throughout the daylight hours until sundown on the 8th of October 1967. On Monday the 9th of October 1967, Maritime Command cancelled the search effort claiming nil results. Outside the local area, media attention quickly faded out. As the original story faded from papers and newscasts, several theories were put forward. One explanation was that a Russian spacecraft had crashed. There was also the rumour of a American involvement in the follow-up investigation, but there was no official statement from the United States. The very night of the Shag Harbour crash, there were also several other sightings over eastern Canada that were every bit as solid and significant. Mm. The sighting of four UFOs by the crew of the MV Nickerson, a dragger, with 18 men fishing off Sambro, Nova Scotia, had still returned on its onboard radar for over two hours. Air Canada Flight 305, flying westbound from Sherbrooke to St. John, encountered UFO activity that caused the pilots to file official reports in the hours just before the Shag Harbour crash. Interesting. Mm, okay. So, um, stop, we're going to stop shagging about mm-hmm. the past, and we're going to jump for 25 years. Wow. 25 years. So, taking it to um, early 1990s this time. So, over 25 years later, the Shag Harbour incident would have new life breathed into it through the efforts of MUFON. Do you know MUFON? Uh, something about UFO Network. Mutual UFO Network. That's it, yep. Investigator Chris Stiles. The case intrigued him so much that he decided to search for more details. Skiles, which is not his name, Stiles <laughs> found the names of many of the original witnesses through newspaper clippings and was able to interview many of them. Stiles was assisted by MUFON investigator Doug Ledger. These two men, determined men, would undercover some extremely compelling evidence through their interviews. Styles and Ledger discovered that when the divers of the HMCS Granbury finished their work, the case was not over after all. Though hard documentation is so far lacking to confirm the details, there are a few first-hand reports from witnesses that support the belief that there was in fact a second search effort, a second deep dive. Military and civilian witnesses related to Styles and Ledger Ledger, Ledger, Ledgers, Ledger, yes. that the, <laughs> the object that dove into the waters off of Shag Harbour soon left the area, travelling underwater for about 25 miles to a place called Government Point, <laughs> <laughs> which was near a submarine detection base. The object was spotted on sonar there and naval vessels were positioned over it. After a, cu- Crazy. after a couple of days, the military was on the verge of planning a salvage operation when a second UFO, or USO, unidentified Ooh. submerged object, joined the first. Common, Col- common belief is that the second craft had arrived to repair or render aid 
to the first which had crashed into the water. This is sounding familiar now. I think I might have heard this one. At this time, the Navy decided to wait and watch. Sort of a voyeur approach. (laughs) After about a week of monitoring the two UFOs, some of the vessels were called away. USOs at that point. Well, USOs. Some of the vessels... Let me just jump in there. USOs. USOs. Some of the vessels that were monitoring the USOs were called away to investigate a Russian submarine which had entered Canadian waters. Mm-hmm. At this point, the two underwater craft made their move. They made their way to the Gulf of Maine and putting distance between themselves and the chasing Navy boats, broke the surface and shot away into the skies. These extraordinary events were corroborated by many witnesses, both civilian and military. Unfortunately, the reports were given off the record. Ex-military personnel feared the loss of their pensions, and civilian witnesses feared ridicule and their privacy being invaded. The unusual events of Shag Harbour command an important place in the study of UFOs. Many credible witnesses, including police and a number of townsfolk, observed the incident, and books docos and even a movie have been made based on the events from 1967 is the movie called hidden agenda it is there is little doubt that something unknown crashed into the waters of shag harbor on october 4 1967 the truth though behind just what exactly it was that crashed that late october night may never be known so i couldn't finish the story without plugging the 2017 Shag Harbour UFO Festival. All right. So let me tell you that um, the uh, it's not you know it's, we, there's time it's, you know, there's time to book. Okay, so <laughs> early boy, early bird tickets are still available. Yeah. So it's because it's, cause it's um, this was 1967. This is 2017. There's 50 year anniversary. So oh yeah, it's going to be a big. It, one. It's going to be a big one. So let me just tell you a little bit about this. So early bird tickets, hundred dollars <laughs> plus a four dollar ten booking fee. <laughs> Okay. okay, can you spot me the booking fee? That's what you get. Pay you back, I swear. What you get. So 29th of September, 5pm until Sunday, the 1st of October, 2017 at 9pm. Finishing at 9pm on Sunday night, late night, but... Mm-hmm. Okay, so celebrating the 50th anniversary of the Shag Harbour UFO incident. The festival will be a weekend full of festivities to celebrate the 50th anniversary of the Shag Harbour UFO incident in 1967. There will be a packed lineup of guest speakers, media personalities, and lecturers composing some of the top minds in the field of ufology, and research along with witnesses to the impact and other people who were involved with the search effort on October 4, 67. Any mention of what the, who the celebrities might be? Local celebrities. <laughs> no, a, then. Accompanying the talks will be a bus tour to the hot spots in the Shag Harbour area. So I guess some UFO, some red light. <laughs> General souvenir yep. shopping. Realistic reenactments at the impact site. What? Live music, a dance, and even a costume contest to bring out the extraterrestrial in all of us. Awesome. There will be food trucks on site offering local maritime food fair and local craft breweries to showcase the best Southwest Nova Scotia has to offer. <laughs> Complimentary campsites are included with the purchase of a weekend pass. If you would like to reserve a camping site, please contact us at shagharbour at gmail.com with the subject line 
camping reservation. <laughs> um, shall I set up a Kickstarter and see if we can go? I think we should go. I think you, should, you and I should attend. I mean, we are. We could probably do a lecture ourselves. We are media personalities. We could probably, by that point, um, pay that person on Fiverr to write our things and call ourselves ufologists. <laughs> we probably could, yeah. <laughs> Dictate our podcasts into a book form. Um, and I'll just uh, finish this up by showing this wee picture here without knocking yeah. the microphone. So um, it's obviously beer. quite a popular event. So you yeah, can see you can see there that there's a uh, <laughs> there's a famous there's a sign it's just, a, just a street sign <laughs> a street with an arrow that says sight of, of 1967 UFO incident <laughs> just pointing out into the bay. <laughs> <laughs> That's really specific. <laughs> cool um so yeah shack harbour took a pounding mm-hmm. and um shack harbour did take a pounding, pounding yeah from a uh, i guess an unidentified protrusion in its midst and um yeah cool um so, so jump on to kickstarter.com and <laughs> <laughs> this has been the filthiest episode <laughs> Um, also on IMDb, there is a documentary listed there called Shag Harbor UFO Incident, 48 minutes long, released in the year 2000, director Michael McDonald, writer Michael McDonald. I reckon they'll screen that. <laughs> you reckon? So don't watch it now if you're planning on going to the Shag Harbor UFO Festival. That's a good point. They have like a drive-in movie almost, I would, I would imagine. Also, the event was uh, nearly... Nearly didn't happen. Uh, the uh, anonymous uh, donor came forward and uh, gave up their junk yeah. for the good of the universe. <laughs> cool. Happy with that? I am, yeah. So that's what I've been working on this week. Excellent. Um, I have nothing else to report, so shall I? Yes. I'll get you some strange... This, like I said at the top of the show, is the segment where we flick through the 1982 Reader's Digest version of Mysteries of the Unexplained and pick a random uh, mystery of the unexplained. So there is now, we've added a special uh, token to the book now. It has on the front cover, what does it say there? It's now earned what, sorry, the... uh... How ordinary men and women... (laughs) Oh, I'm talking about, talking about the sticker. I'm talking about the sticker. <laughs> um, so, uh, like I said at the top of the show, we have stuff to give away. One potty of those hall. things Hashtag is potty hall. <laughs> one of those things is stickers that um, say "Lights in the Sky Podcast Appreciated Contributor" yeah. for anyone who contributes, and we appreciate so it. So we made the de- decision, the two of us. It was close call, but we decided to award the mysteries of the unexplained book with an appreciated contributor sticker. Hasn't it a badge though? just a sticker no everyone gets a badge but we can't put a badge on a book you can put a badge on a book no you can't you you're can... not putting a badge on this book <laughs> don't be mental alright I'm going to flick through you tell me when to stop and then I'll read out a random tidbit stop ok so we have quite a few little ones um, and it's your favourite section strange things from above nice Last time we were here, it was around fish falling mm. from the sky, which I know you loved. Um, let me just readjust here. While you're doing that, let you know that if you don't get the early bird tickets to the festival, it's 150. <laughs> Whoa. So you better Still get Still includes campsite, though? 
Uh, does yeah, all tickets include all these tickets include a campsite, but the bus tour is twenty five dollars more. Mm. So it's twenty five dollars plus a dollar forty eight booking fee. <laughs> and the in the weekend pass that's non early bird is one fifty plus a five eighty five <laughs> booking fee. So honestly, get in now. <laughs> um, and also they've done well. I, yeah, I, I stop. This is not a great medium to but if uh, to showcase images, but this is the Spin your computer around again. This is what they're using to promote the picture of the event. Oh, wow. We've got to link that somewhere. It is. It's like some like English cop <laughs> with like some fat guy <laughs> pointing at, like, I guess, a comet shrieking into a harbour with two children with uh, beatboxes on their heads. Brilliant. So. Doesn't get better than that. Doesn't really? No. We'll put that on the website. Um, under this uh, episode's descriptor. Oh, link on Facebook. Friends who are going. I wonder who's going. <laughs> I don't have any friends that are <laughs> Any going. of you? All right. So, um, because there's quite a few, like these, some of these, <laughs> some of these, some of these mysteries of the unexplained. Like this must be the page where they realised they were running out of room and really had to make up some numbers here, because there's literally on one column. There's two columns to a page. One column has six different <laughs> different um, tidbits. Some of them are literally a sentence. During the reign of Charlemagne, 19th century AD, an enormous block of ice <laughs> fell from the sky. <laughs> okay. Next. <laughs> when, so when the reign of Charlemagne? Yeah. 9th century AD, an enormous block of ice, 990 cubic feet of it, fell from the sky. The end. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, Did anyone get hurt? Oh, that's it? This, I, I can only tell you what's written here. Most falls from the sky recorded in ancient times have modern parallels, but a few are unique. There is, for example, no recent counterpart of the fall of large yellow mice that occurred in Bergen, Norway. Mice in 19- or mice? Mice. 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 Yeah, yeah like, oh. like, okay. like for computers. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Yellow computer mice that occurred in Bergen, Norway in 1578. Or the lemmings that fell there in 1579. The end. <laughs> okay. So this is a bit like fish, but around that first time round, but now it's um, rodents and mm. vermin. Well, not all of it. Lumps of burning sulphur the size of a man's fist fell from the sky onto the roof of Loberg Castle, 18 miles from Madgeburg, Germany. The end. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) A luminous meteor was seen to fall in Italy in 1652, and near its landing place, star jelly was found. (laughs) See subsequent reports in this section for more falls of gelatinous material. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think, like, an actual, like... Sort of like a dessert of jelly fell from the sky. (laughs) Jello. Star jelly. Star jelly. Um, Okay, one more, and then we'll call it. A fibrous substance resembling blue silk fell in great quantities in Germany on March 23rd, 1665. So pointless. Hang on, I've got to get a couple more here. This is just (laughs) not value for money. Um, I'm taking that sticker back off the book. Yeah, flakes of coal black fibrous material 
No, a foul smelling substance, the consistency of butter, fell over large areas of southern Ireland in the winter and spring of 1696. According to the Bishop of Cloyne, the stinking dew fell in lumps, often as big as the end of one's finger. It was soft, clammy, and of dark yellow colour. The cattle and fields where it fell continued to feed as usual. According to Mr. Robert Vans of Kilkenny, the local people believed that butter was a useful medicine and collected it in pots and pans. (laughs) A fiery globe fell onto the island of Lethe, India. Gelatinous matter was found where it landed. The end. (laughs) And on that note... I think that is the end, yeah. (laughs) We will call that a week. Um... We will... That's a good slathering of strange, but, um, <laughs> like, numbers-wise? But I guess it's the case of that uh, quantity is not quite to quality. <laughs> I'm insulted. Um, as the person who read it out, I couldn't have done anything more with that material. Well, I guess I told you, I told you when to stop, didn't I? So, so probably... I'm, I'm, I'm tired. There's a small, small part to blame on my part. Um, so we're good for a record again next week. Yeah, so I'm off to the Moa of Sars next Samoa, week. Samoa again. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I couldn't get to Samoa last time. I went to Rarotonga instead. Oh, that's right. So the Moa of Sars, and um, I'll be back on Thursday night. But it's your year all detail, so <clears> I had to do zero prep work other than just turn up. So yeah, I mean, I have to do everything those weeks. You do. <laughs> <laughs> Tough life. All right. um, We'll call that that. Mm. Uh, Catch you next week. Thank you for the coming along on this journey with us. Hooray. Toodle. Where's off?